Well, the clock struck 11, but 11.57's when it struck me that I just couldn't stay. So I jumped on my scooter, headed home to my computer, where that damn work firewall couldn't get in the way. A breaks up the course of the day, and this day would probably break me with no nooner there to break me away. Nooner is like a band-aid on the gravestone of the USA. So true, so true. True words have never been sung. Mm. Welcome to the Smodco Internet Radio Nooner Podcast, live on uh, streaming and uh, on podcast, if you happen to be uh, listening to it that way. But you can listen to us live and you can tweet in, that's at Nooner Dan Marty. No. Oh my God! So <laughs> glad that nobody's here, like from the past, to hear that. Just, just Mickey here. Just me. Uh, that's at Nooner podcast. And I don't count. No, you, you don't count. Yeah. I'm looking at you. Just no, no, I know. I know. No, that that was last week. This is this week. This week is all love. This love, week's love about for forgiveness, Mickey. Marty. Forgiveness. Yes. Noonerpodcast.com. If you want to follow the Tumblr. Thank you to Darren uh, and Tyson for maintaining that. Jane, I hope we're back. I hope you can listen to us with some technical issues, as always. Um, I hope it's louder, too. I, I, had to, I went online and uh, to the software company, and they said, uh, basically, have you tried turning it off and on? You know, Yeah. Or, I mean, that's what I would have said, too. Yeah, so it, it was the equivalent of that. Did you try uninstalling and reinstalling the software? Right. And I did. It's loud to me. Hopefully, it's loud to you. How about if I do this the rest of the show? Yeah, if we just shout. Yes. Uh, you know the governor of California, right? J- Jerry Brown? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was. I didn't actually know until you said it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. And you know that he was uh, governor 34 years ago. I did not know that. Yeah, he was governor from 1975 to 1983. Oh. Yeah, he was a very young governor. His father was also governor. Um, and it was like right after the Vietnam War ended, and he was labeled as this hippie governor of this sort of hippie state. Cool. And it was kind of true. You know, there was like, I grew up like being dragged to protest marches, and, and every weekend we would take our Ford Country Squire loaded up to the recycling center to crush soda cans, bean cans, throw a bottles. Like, like we would drive into town and like these hippies would run this place and we got to smash bottles and it was oh, very, very satisfying. That sounds awesome. Yeah. As a kid, it was just like I just I yeah. wanted to crush cans and throw bottles. We had a we had a can crusher at my grandma's place when Crush-a. I was growing up. That was the best. Yeah, I would I would find cans that like weren't even supposed to be crushed yet and pour them out and just crush them. Oh, that would get so me in trouble. Satisfying. It's yeah. a great experience. Yeah, uh, and we would also there was a place called the Soda Shop, and that that mm. was, existed I think in, into the early nineties. I'm sure it doesn't exist now, but uh, we would go and you would get a. Uh, case of these little 12 ounce bottles and then you would when you were done you'd take the case and then you would swap it out for a new, new case okay uh, and like at the supermarket there was like almost like nothing that was pre-packaged like you got meat from the butcher and it was wrapped in paper and cookies were put in a box at the bakery mm. tv dinners were su- served in aluminum trays my my greater point is that there 
there wasn't the same level of plastic usage. And I, you know, I talk about the news, but I think this is something that is actually terrifying to me. Mm. Uh, and I'll, I'll sort of get there. But you know, plastic was out there, you know, it'd been around since the like in commercially in the, since the 50s, I guess. You know, originally they used it in the military. Um, but it was the the idea of plastic was that things were cheap as opposed to being convenient and, you know, uh, lightweight or good. Right. Like, like when you're, when there were plastic parts of a toy, it was not considered as good. Right. Because like you're, you know, the, Best toys were your trucks were made of right like steel actual and metal, metal right? yeah as opposed to to the plastic they're made to of now and mm-hmm. but plastic is safer it's lighter it's cheaper it's it lasts longer in some ca- cases and yeah it doesn't um, rust like metal yeah would. exactly um doesn't cut you and uh, but and you know we also didn't have lunchables and things like that and and cell phones that we got rid of every day and plastic water bottles and so if you look at the numbers like. There are only 40% more people in the U.S. now than in 1975, but there is at least, like, generated as much as six times the amount of plastic waste. Wow. Yeah. And it's, you know, not hard to see where it comes from. You see it happening all the time. You know, shit is just wrapped in plastic, like, just impossible plastic to open. You know, yeah, new, exactly. Anytime earbuds. you get an electronic device right. and you just spend, like, 20 minutes hitting it on the side of a wall. Right, right. And just, like... And using like the, the stupidest thing to opening. Oh, here's a butter knife. Here, this will yeah. open it. <laughs> and then, yeah, and uh, every box that you get from Amazon is just packed with foam pellets. And yeah. So some of them are eco-friendly. but um, And then we use these things for a month and we toss them. Like I literally go through earbuds like three pair a year and I get the cheapest oh, sure. ones because I'd rather have break those than break a $200 pair, you know, of, yeah. of whatever beats. Um, and you know, we also have the, our, our clothes have more, uh, like right now I'm on this whole kick where I, I don't want cotton. I just want like space age fabrics, you know, <laughs> like, nice. well, just because they last longer and you know, they, you don't have to care for them as much. They so what do you mean? Like, like literal astronaut clothes? Is that what I'm looking at no, right now? No, like I got these like stretch pants. You know? Oh, okay. Stre- they're stre- they're more comfortable and, and like, you know, you've got those micro fleece Oh like those yeah, these jackets that are so warm and cheap, and but like those fibers and the microbeads that are in like cosmetics and stuff like that, and and soaps and those are like basically flushed out into the ocean. Like every time you right. wash your your um your your fleece, or every time you wash your face with a scrubbing thing, those plastics get flushed out into the ocean, and then they end up getting eaten by fish, and they've they've actually found that there's a, a significant amount in in the oh in wow caught seafood yeah um and so like we're just at a point where like you know there's these giant floating gyres the side of size of texas out there with just like floating bits of plastic in it huh. and in the ocean there's the great pacific gyres what they right. call it and uh so and also because oil is so cheap, and right now because it's all this plastic is made from from petroleum products, mm-hmm. um, and it's more you know we're doing some things now with like the plastic bag bans that are in certain areas, like right. you know in LA you can't you get plastic bags anymore, right? Or you have to pay like a tax in, in Burbank you have to pay a tax to uh, 
To use a plastic bag. Yeah. And then people are getting more mindful about their plastic bottles. Uh, you know, getting ones that are more eco-friendly or using refillable things. But it's still so fucking convenient to yeah. like just grab, grab like at work, they have all these free drinks. And then they also have these these water things, but it's just as easy to just go and reach in and grab a bottle of, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of those things like as long as it's more or at least as convenient to do the other thing, to do like not the thing that we want people to do, it's uh, it's it's always going to be, I think it's it's always going to be a problem. Um, I guess we lost the stream. Hold on, just um, oh no. So uh, I don't. Yeah. So I I think that like right now there's just so much usage. Also, it's being more used in the third world and and other countries too. Mm-hmm. Like plastic is so cheap there. Of course. And so that sort of consumption is going up. And so just for, on plastic bottles alone. You know, we in 2016 we used more than 20, 480 billion plastic drinking bottles. Right, um, and all that stuff is just getting into the ocean, and yeah. we're not recycling it. There, there's a actually a town in Japan that where they uh, they separate their plastics into 30 different types of plastics. Wow. Yeah, and they and they they wash them out, and so that they are easily recycled and so their carbon footprint is um like nothing Man. but what a fucking pain in the ass but maybe yeah. that's I was, the- that was kind of what i was thinking i was like i'm never gonna be i would love to be a good person but i'm never gonna be that good of a person i could just know that about myself yeah uh yeah but but is it going to be is it like what's the best way to do this like it's one thing to just carry around a a, a refillable bottle but like to do that level of sorting you know of yeah. your plastics is is that what we have to do to achieve a level where we're going to be sustainable and not polluting and destroying yeah i mean i think it's a two-part question because first you have to find out what the best solution is and then you have to figure out the best way to get people to do that solution which i think is actually going to be really the hardest part because i mean obviously recycling is is a thing that's important to a lot of people and like has been um, important to people basically throughout my whole life i can recall people you know really emphasizing recycling but even still i i'm not even just going back home to louisiana but even here in california i know that it's pe- that people you know don't do it as often as they should much less all the time which is you know it's it's disappointing when you think about it because it would be it would be nice if this solution you know could be implemented all the time, but you know, what are you gonna do? I don't know. I I, I genuinely because I find my I think I'm a pretty cons you know conservational minded person, but I I throw shit away, you know, yeah. and I buy more shit than I need. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's one of the when I'm thinking about it, I recycle. But you know, if like for instance, if I'm at work and I'm drinking a bottle of water. I'm I'm not thinking about it most of the time and I will just throw that away because you know I'm a stupid bad person and that's you know that's on me but it's also just like it's it it it's a thing that has to I think be acknowledged that it's probably true most of the time like if you're not thinking about it you're probably just going to throw something away because it's more convenient doesn't require any thought yeah yeah and I guess we you know people talk about being mindful all the time like or that's the, sort of a like I saw, a, like, in the magazine stand at the checkout, like, be more mindful, like, one of these yeah. little pamphlets you buy for whatever, five bucks. 
And I think that is just meditating is one thing, but also thinking about all the stuff that we buy and and use and throw away. But and the other thing is to actually have a a carbon tax. Yeah. Uh, uh, like and you have that, and this is a little wonky and stupid, but uh, you have the petroleum. The people who make these products, these petroleum products, they pay the carbon tax, and so then we we end up paying for it downstream. But when that carbon tax is paid for up front, then that money goes to to dealing with the, this these problems. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, I just wanted to put that out there because I I, I want people to think about it. <clears throat> and if you have solutions of what what you guys do to deal with um, with uh, your plastic usage and how or just your waste in in general, like how you get rid of it, or or whether there are things that you're worried about about it, like you know the seafood industry is actually genuinely worried about oh, this because it it's going to it's it's harming fisheries right now, mm-hmm. and actually fish are starving because they will eat this stuff and fill up on it. Wow, and and they don't get as much. They get malnourished, you know. In some cases, you know, not not every fish out there. Um, oh, so uh, if you go on the Tumblr page, you can see that. Uh, uh, yeah, so when they talk about this giant patch of plastic, it's not like in the ocean. It's not like something you can stand on or whatever. But right. it it is just like this collection of of bits of plastic, and yeah. um, but. I think, well, which is, I mean, probably worse, I guess, because when you can't then see you can, them, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is, yeah, this is what keeps me up at night. Recently, um, you know, as much as the Trump stuff is so much fun to follow along with, yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk about that another time. But it just gets it gets exhausting, and it, it I do find it's more of a, I, I enjoy the politics of the White House as a reality show, uh, and. It detract it, it distracts me from these from, real things. Yeah, from the reality. Yeah, there is the reality exactly, and I think that's exactly how how they want it. But uh, anyhow, so after that uh, thrashing I gave you about um, <laughs> your your absence from uh, pop culture, yeah, what have you done to redeem yourself? I well, so I watched all the uh, I watched all the trailers that we talked about last week. Okay, anything anything strike your fancy? Um, the the trailers that I remember are oh, the new Thor Ragnarok trailer is very good. I'm really excited about Thor Ragnarok. It looks so dope. Um, let's see what else do I remember. This is gonna be a fun game for Mickey to play. Hey, tweet in if you remember any of the trailers we talked about last week, because uh, there's like a thirty percent chance that I will remember having watched them. Oh, I saw. Wait, I saw Ready Player One. I'd already seen Ready Player One. This is this is great vamping that I'm doing right now. Let's see what else. Uh, I had seen Stranger Things 2 already. I went to go get Mickey some water. Th- thank you, Marty. I appreciate it. Yeah. Th- Even is... though I don't deserve it. I deserve no water. Uh, I don't remember Comic-Con trailers. Oh, fuck you. Okay, but you saw some movies, though. I did. I saw two movies. Uh-huh. I saw Dunkirk and I saw Atomic Blonde. Now, Dunkirk does not look fun to me it, it seems loud it doesn't seem i don't know if there's a plot to it and i i'm sure i'm wrong about these things but when i when i went to see uh, wonder woman like it just started like they they played this like five minute clip from it mm-hmm. and it was just loud yeah and i just remember being like 
sure is loud watching these <laughs> these old planes just buzz around. Yeah, it sure is loud watching these old planes is actually the slogan for the movie. Yeah, they're like Dunkirk. Sure is loud watching. Actually, that's what uh, Colin Firth is a general, and he he comes out and he says, "Oh, sure is loud watching these old planes, governor." <laughs> and that's and then Tom Hardy's like. I can make it louder. Yeah. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, whose face you see for like 30 seconds again. Yeah. That's my favorite thing about Tom Hardy. Uninterested in showing his mouth. Uh, it's great. I, I think he has, it's like a, become a sex thing for him. Uh, yeah. He's like, you can't see it. You can't see my mouth. Yeah. Spot on. Spot on Hardy. Um, that was Tom Hardy as Bane. Oh, oh, can't see my mouth, can you? <laughs> Doing Yoda. <laughs> Can you not to see my mouth? Um, um, but yeah, it's. I mean, that would be loud is an accurate descriptor for the movie. I think. I. By the way, if you watched uh, Dunkirk or Atomic Blonde, let uh, let us know what you think of it. Yeah, think hit, of either. Hit us up with some opinions. I I'm going to disappoint people. I think with being like on the on the kind of meh end of uh of uh, Dunkirk, just because I don't know. There's. There's things about it that I like, and I liked the movie a lot in the moment, but then I had a lot of problems with it after the fact. Like, a lot of very specific, like, very writery things. Like, he flubs a lot of payoffs, um, uh-huh. and not in a way that's like, he wanted to flub this payoff because he was, like, trying to subvert the idea of a payoff or whatever. It's just like, he just decided not to show a thing that was essential to the payoff, and then it didn't work as a result, and I think... So you weren't blown away by it? I wasn't really blown Especially the ending really didn't work for me. I think Tom Hardy's stuff is the best part of the movie. He's awesome. He's great. Uh, just to get back to... I totally uh, muffed up the, the connecting Jerry Brown to, to what, that whole plastics thing. But, but my point okay. is, like, back in the day, we were very... In the 70s, we were very conscious of, of our usage. And we, were, we did recycle. We recycled... We had to recycle the dark glass from the clear glass and we had to recycle the the aluminum from the the bimetal and like so we went through this whole process not 30 types of plastic but we went through it and we were very conscious of it and we rinsed out our bottles and all this stuff and now we just throw it in a bin yeah and it you know some if we're if we give half a thought we'll throw it in the blue bin the recycling bin and like but i'm like is a dirty pizza box is that recyclable it's not but Ooh, thank you for telling me that because yeah. i wasn't sure yeah but uh but you know for a while i just would throw it in there you know might be some pizza crust in there but what about uh, a clean pizza box oh totally okay totally. yeah so if i wash the pizza box recyclable right but then you're wasting water so oh, you that's know, true and it's, it's we're a, a drought we're in a drought yes so uh, somewhere along the line like that whole mindfulness of the 70s of that hippie era that was embodied by jerry brown dating linda ronstadt and being like this they called them like uh like they they had all these like sort of names for him like the crunchy granola governor and all that sort of stuff and nice got him huh? uh, yeah zing <laughs> and then the rest of california sort of fell into to that like we were much more water conscious then we had droughts yeah. then too and Somewhere along the line, we became entitled, like of just like oh, that's too much. That's too much hassle to throw that this plastic bottle into that blue bin. I I I, I can't do it. Just you know, get off my fucking back. And if I'm you need me, I'll be taking my thirty minute shower. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm good about all the water stuff. I'm bad about 
recycling. But you're a filthy person. I am uh, a filthy person. <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. Mickey is one of the sweetest uh, smelling and oh. uh, persons I've smelled. Uh, so, yeah. So, Darren, that that's what I was trying to, to link up. And I think that there needs to be a cultural change where where we as a people, you know, um, especially in the U.S., need to be a little bit more mindful of how much we uh, we waste as opposed to thinking, seeing, you know, why didn't my Amazon Prime come in an hour, you know? Like right. It, was, it promised me an hour, and it's an hour and 15 minutes. Maybe know? we could get all the Amazon Prime drones to help with the recycling somehow. Like, they go around and, like, take your plastic away, and they go put it in the safe spot. Uh, right, okay. Yeah, see, I'm... T- thinking over here all right and jane here's what i have to say to you get, <laughs> get off my fucking lawn um so she was saying that dunkirk was based on an actual event which i know and right. then when you say things seem loud to you uh you are entering old man phase and that happened that happened like like three years before this podcast started yeah so. i was gonna say i've never really no i'm kidding that, that <laughs> never is been like marty the young man yes uh i'm i'm also uh I'm 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 actually the thing I liked the most about the movie was the sound design. Uh, no, I hear that it, it was it is fantastic. It's very very good. Very like re- very heavy realism and, and very and Hans Zimmer did the score. I think. Yeah, and normally I'm I'm kind of whatever on Hans Zimmer because you know a like sort of everywhere and b he doesn't really do like melodic scores. He just sort of does like, like rhythm textures yeah. and sounds. Yeah, but like so perfect for this movie. Right, was, right. Was that. His ticking clock sort of thing that he does a lot. Yeah. The ticking clock was perfect. Yeah. He was doing a whole kind of little watch thing. It was great. Yeah. And that's, I, I will eventually see it in the comfort of my home. No, I should see it. In, you should in see it in a big theater. screen. Yeah. yeah. I'm, you know, it's just so hard to get out. I know it's tough to go uh, anywhere and, but did, recycling is tough. Oh my it's, god, life is hard. Yeah, just, you get off my fucking lawn. <laughs> this Mickey. is this is the um, life is hard episode. Yeah, of the oh, life is so hard. It I is. get everything delivered to me the, quickly. The drone wasn't on time today. Yeah. To deliver me Dunkirk. My my chipotle burrito. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, did so. Um, then you saw Atomic Blonde. Yes, Atomic Blonde's my favorite movie ever no it's atomic blonde is a very 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 stupid movie that i love so much like the plot in atomic blonde you could probably just ignore entirely because it was it was directed by the john wick guy right uh and now it's just john wick but with Charlie's theron and with a dumb spy plot that you kind of have to ignore but it's really great wait it was directed by the john wick guy i think so um that is awesome yeah um it's a it's a super it's it's a super good time it's not for thoughts or thinking it's for going to i saw it with the midge who is a very thoughts or thinking kind of fellow and i was there like a kid in a candy store just like look at all the punches and all the guns and he was like none of this makes any sense i don't like anything <laughs> so that's our dynamic um yeah i guess he was the uncredited director of of uh um, what's it called? John Wick. Because uh, I guess I had two directors on it, but he was like the stunt guy, right? Yeah. On. Uh, that's awesome. I I love John Wick, and I I just watched John Wick two or Chapter two. I still need to watch two. Have you? And it is just the silliest thing ever. It's like, but it is great, 
and Keanu yeah. Reeves is fantastic. He's, I, I just love that he's found his niche or, or he's actually created his niche. Like, yeah. you know, he worked really hard to make the Matrix awesome. Like, he did all that, that martial arts work. He studied, you know, with uh, Wu Ping, uh, Yuan Wu Ping or whatever his name is. Um, yeah. And, uh, and became that guy, like, and then for the John Wick stuff, if you watch like all the sort of outtakes and or rehearsal stuff, like he's doing all that stuff. He does yeah. his own stunts. He does the driving, and obviously, I'm for the dangerous stuff. And you can see where they they put stuntmen in, but because yeah. he's not an idiot, but he walks the walk. Like yeah, you no, know. he's I, I'm super pro pro Keanu at this point. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's he's my guy, and Got a lot of love. And I think that uh, I feel the same way. Except also, um, she's. I would want to have sex with her uh, with about Charlize Theron. Sure, you know, because well, you get to see her fuck some dudes up, not necessarily fuck that, that dudes. That's fine with me. You do get to see her have uh, hot French lady sex All at right. one point. That's that's cool. But yeah. I think that she has a really strong work ethic too. Like when, oh sure, when you. Uh, when you hear about all the shit that they went through in Fury Road, you know. Oh, and yeah. Of course, you know, if you pay me a few million dollars of a movie, I, I will work really hard. I promise. But uh, <laughs> I'll do it, you guys, really. Right. But it, so it's not like saying like it's that much of a sacrifice for her, but it is a dedication to craft for, for these movie people as opposed to some other movie stars who just who phone these things in. Yeah, who know? just show up and are like... And like, they wake up that day, like, what's happening? Yeah, and and that's why I like Tom Cruise, like, because he also throws himself into these yeah. movies. So even in the Mummy, which I didn't like, I, Tom Cruise, you could see the effort on the screen there. Uh, he's he's a guy. I, I think yeah, he does the work. That's for sure. <laughs> Jane, I will sick my dog on you. Wait, Bruno will just like run up to you yeah. and just like lick you. This is uh, the least threatening threat yeah. ever. Uh, that's sorry. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy the lawn. Oh, yeah. No, I don't have a lawn because that would be wasteful in California. That's true. Uh, so I will. I can't wait to see Atomic Blonde. I, I'm so excited that it's a like a John Wick style movie. Yeah. I hate to be the guy that's like, don't go see this like historical epic for smart people. Go see this dumb action movie. But the dumb action movie Done. really. <laughs> <laughs> Bought my ticket already. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess they they both movies have their place. Uh, and I will say, as a as a person who's interested in writing, I don't think necessarily either of them has particularly uh, reinvented anything in terms of writing. I think, like I said, Dunkirk has its problems, and Atomic Blonde is hella stupid, but it's also great. <laughs> yeah. What I love about John Wick too is that it's like every other person walking down the street is an assassin. Right. It's like, it's like, an, it's like, uh, shakes the clown. <laughs> Did you ever see shakes the clown with, uh, you know, Bobcat Goldthwait and no, this is never... the first movie he directed. Okay. And it's like in a world where clowns are just like, you know, there's a bar that is just for clowns, you know, it's like that <laughs> world. It's that same world, except instead of clowns, it's assassins. assassins and yeah. the continental is where their bar, where they all hang out. Uh, and so that, that, yeah. That no, that's made me fantastic. happy, and I, I wish I'd seen it in the theater. I, I'm, I'm a bad person for not seeing it. Uh, did you? So those two movies, mm -hmm. anything on the TV? Anything? Uh, I finished Friday Night Lights. Everyone, oh. I know everyone was really oh, concerned yeah. for the second time or the third time. <laughs> it was the second time. Yeah, and did it hold up? It all did the way hold through? up. I cried all over everything. It was a tearful moment. Uh, 
Taylor Kitsch is my favorite actor ever again. I was all hop, uh, hyped about Taylor Kitsch becoming a giant movie star like four years ago when instead of him, Channing Tatum became the movie star everyone knows. And then now I'm like, maybe Taylor Kitsch again, even though he's been like kind of terrible in every movie he's been in. Yeah, see, I don't even know who that is. He's like a, he's, he's kind of just like a dude. He's he's really really good in Friday Night Lights because Friday Night Lights requires him to just be like dark and broody and sad. Oh, he was John Carter. He okay. was John Carter of Mars. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he just needs a haircut. And he was all. in Battleship too. Yeah, nothing to. I I, I know that, but don't I, you know that though? Yeah. Don't we all know that? <laughs> I actually tried watching it and I couldn't. I watched that in theaters. Well, that's because you got a, the employee discount. Exactly. I yeah. was actually right after I started working at a movie theater. It was like yeah. three months in. But I, I didn't have a problem with, uh, with John. J C O M. Which what? J Com. John Carter of Mars. Oh. I'm just throwing out cool things J- for you to call it. Yeah, J Com. Yeah, <laughs> yeah J Com. Um, yeah, actually, it was just called John Carter. It was. But yeah. yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fine. Wait, didn't they change it back to John Carter of Mars? No, they ch- no they changed it from of Mars to just John Carter, didn't they? Yeah, because you know that it wasn't generic enough as it is, and they're like, oh, let's give people nothing to go on. They're like, we don't want them. To- it's a spoiler if they know that it's on Mars. It's going to be like a big reveal at the end. They'd be like, it was Mars. It's not really. Um, Michael Binhock says that Keanu is a really nice guy. Sounds like it. My um, yeah. he. Uh, there's a, a video of him giving a woman a seat on the subway. Oh. So if that's not... That was, a, that was not where I expected that sentence to yeah. go, given the beginning yeah, of it. Yeah. A video of him giving a woman a, a seat, seat on, on the, the subway. subway. Uh, oh. My mother asked, like, one year, she said, I, all I want for Christmas is a Keanu Reeves calendar. Um, <laughs> and so I got her a Keanu's calendar and That's she her. was so happy I think she still has it on her wall this is like you know 10 years ago 15 years ago that's lovely yeah uh, are you what do you think of Angelina Jolie um, I have not a ton of thoughts she did she directed she's directed a couple of movies now hasn't she, she has yes. she has I know she did one about um, the the like uh, the her Bosnian Brad- war right Oh, she did do that one about her and Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt just arguing for two hours. Oh, I forgot about that thing. That is, I saw the trailer for that, and I was like, I have to watch this crazy movie, and then I never did. Yeah, I'm disappointed in myself. And then uh, she did in the Land of Blood and Honey. I think that's the one you're thinking. Yeah, about. and then but then also she did By the Sea, which is based on that that very uh, best selling that very best selling book. That very best selling. Yeah. It was really one of our very, very best, best sellers. <laughs> Mm. Hello, welcome to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> May I show you some of our very best sellers? These are the best sellers, but these are the very best sellers. Over here we have a calendar of Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, Barnes, please show Barnes. him, show him the, the best calendars of Keanu. Oh, yes, Ooh, wonderful. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm Noble, and this is... Barnes, <laughs> welcome to a book establishment, yes. book selling establishment. Yes, if you need anything, just let us know. No, no, don't go there. Those are the poor selling books. Those, no, not those are very poor sellers. <laughs> sir. Please don't go over there at all. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to make more specific. Oh, by the Martha sea Noble. was the was the uh, that was the one that was uh, just her and Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, one. yeah, 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 yeah. Melanie Laurent. But Unbroken was the one about the the dude floating. Oh in, yeah, in the, in the ocean. That was the one that was based on the very best song. Yes, yes, that the Coen Brothers uh, adapted. Right. You know. um, 
was. Did you you saw it? I saw that one. It was it was nice. Yeah. Did you read the book? I did not. Oh. I, it, same uh, person who wrote Sea Biscuit wrote that. I believe is the that wrote the Sea Biscuit novel that. Oh, oh, that was the very bestseller. Oh, oh, oh Laura Hill Hillenbrand. Yes, yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. So she's got a, a, a movie coming out for um, Netflix. Oh, I don't know if you heard of it, but they're no. they're doing. You didn't see Okja yet? I didn't see Okja yet. Get your I, shit. I tried together. to convince the midge to watch Okja with me, and he would not. And so instead, why? He was he was like, I don't want to watch the movie. We, we he hates get things. The fucking mid. I know we need to get show. the bitch because the problem is that I, the pro- I want to watch things, and then he said I did get him to watch season one of Stranger Things, and he loved it. All right, he was well, all about season one. Of Stranger has he things. seen any of Bong Joon Ho, uh, whatever uh, director Bong's other movies? Bong Joon Ho, yeah, uh, he's seen uh, uh, the host. The host, I well, I don't know if I showed him the host. I feel like I should have. But I don't know if I have because I'm a bad friend. You're not a bad friend. You got him to watch Stranger Things. That's true. Um, so anyhow, Angelina uh, Jolie, she her eldest son Maddox, she adopted from Cambodia. Oh, and uh, so she has Maddox is a cool name. It is a very I like cool that name. name. Sorry, and uh, she also has done work for the UN regarding um, refugees and stuff like that. So she. Uh, yeah, that's why I knew that she did the one, the Bosnian War one. Yeah, because she, I know yeah. she's very, you know, involved, very, in, very conscious, world conscious kind of person. Yeah, so she's uh, directed this historical drama based on uh, the Khmer Rouge. Oh wow! First, they killed my father, and uh, so they had to cast a lot of children um, in the movie, and so she came under fire because uh, Vanity Fair. They they were saying that. Uh, in the casting of these children, they would play this game of make-believe where they would put money, they would basically convince kids that there was money on the table and then they would take away the money. And like the Vanity Fair article made it seem like they were basically just toying with the emotions of these these innocent Cambodian children. Right. That and, doesn't sound great. Yeah. And... You know, and I think this gets into the issue of like dealing with child actors, like, like you know, when you see like children cry on screen, like four-year-old kids, like, like how do you you want to make sure that they can do that in the casting process? Yeah, and so that and you want it to be convincing, and so you got to see hundreds of kids and tell them get them to an emotional place. Mm-hmm. And that does seem like just... it'd be tough to do. You got to convince a kid to emote. Well, and it's not like a, they're not. I mean, they maybe they are, but most of them probably are not yet trained professionals. And like the a four year old is yeah. not a trained professional. Uh, Mozart, right? Uh, no, that's what that's why I said most. Uh-huh. I said most. I, I qualified. No, but like, but you've got hundreds of kids coming in, and they're with their parents dreaming of stardom for their kids. Right. Exactly. Uh, and like, and then the parents are like, "Come on, cry." Cry, cry like we practiced when I beat you. Yeah, like, and then the the casting director and the director also then have to like elicit that emotion from these kids. And uh, I just think, as a parent, that's I'm not a parent, but I was about I, to be like, wait, what? <laughs> if as a parent, I would be, I would be hesitant to to have my kid go through that. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's a tough it's a tough thing to crack because. Uh, like you said, 
on the other side of it is this idea of like movie stardom and you get to be in this movie with Angelina Jolie. Right. And now it's, yeah. Um, well, I don't think that the Cambodian kids necessarily knew who she was. You know, I don't know. I Maybe know. they did. I mean, she I was know, a, she's like an she, international movie she, star. She, but yeah, she she could travel. But she was um, in Salt. Yeah, I like Salt. International best hit, uh, very bestseller. <laughs> but uh, so Angelina Jolie has d- denied this claim mm. and has said, like, basically they were playing a game. But still, like, you are putting your trying to get kids to an emotional state. I And then when you direct them, then you also have to do that. And then if there's time constraints and kids are distracted, well, yeah. like kids don't understand, like we have to make our day. Like no right, kid knows right. what that means. But uh, I, I th- imagine that over the years that there have been horrible, horrible manipulations of kids. Sure. And I'm sure um, I could have researched and found some. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's imagine what they would have been like. Yeah, I mean, casting in in general is just such a a it's a pain in the ass because you're trying to get very uh, specific things, uh, emotional things, in, at times, uh, in a from a lot of people in a very short amount of time. Yeah, and so you get actors get treated so poorly in right. the the process. It's and, one of those things that it's like I I totally especially for because I have actor friends obviously. I and some of them are even on this show, <laughs> um, but it's it, it like I've heard about the rigors of the audition process, but mm-hmm. it's also like I can imagine from the other side, and it's like they've they've got it, they've got a thing they have to do, so it's like there's not really another way to do it that seems better, I guess. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure she hasn't had to audition in 20 years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there was a I worked with a casting director, and she was saying that. There was one, the first time she brought in Bing Rames, like, and I forget what the role was, but basically, like, in the audition, like, Bing Rames, and I, this wasn't necessarily called for in, in the script, I don't think, uh, but he just stripped down buck naked in front of this casting director and during, as part of the audition. And, sure, yeah. It wasn't just and, like, like so... Uh, I mean, what a way to make an impression on somebody. Sure. And obviously it did. And he's uh, he's a, a very memorable actor. Yeah. He did not book that particular role. But that's that's what he had to do. The lengths you have to go to. Yeah. And, and he was already Ving Rhames. Well, that was that was the first time she no, saw him. But yeah, but yeah he, he's always been Ving Rhames, right, it turns exactly. out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look at it. He had it inside of him all along. Yeah. I The roles I get are very... I go out for are very different and it, it's the sort of thing where you have like two words you know like mm-hmm. you know oh over there you know like the the line is you know where's the cat food and yeah me as an actor has to go say oh over there and <laughs> exactly which is like the hardest thing to audition for and so you go in and you've got like your two words and like you play all these stupid like games of like Okay. Okay. I, I've been working at this CVS for uh, three years, but I'm I'm in night school to become a court reporter. And then and then you're like, I'm a fucking idiot. It's three words. It's right. one grunt and two words. You know, just say it in a way that sounds kind of funny. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then you then you second guess it. And you're like, well, they just want the word said. They're not asking me to be funny. You know. Yeah. So then you're like, just do the 
anyhow, you get in your head and it's so stupid. And then there are the other roles that you go out for that are just soul sucking. So sure. like I mentioned one before where I uh, had totally had to, uh, it was a sketch comedy TV show and it was like the most offensive racist like mm -hmm. Asian character. And uh, it was the joke of um it was like even a shitty like hack joke that's been done a million times of like like oh you know where like three guys on an island like you you go uh look for uh you start a signal fire fire you start um uh you go look for coconuts and then um and then they tell the Asian guy, and you you know you deal with the supplies, and then so then they all come back at the end of the day, and then the the two guys are like, okay, here I set the fire, and then the other guy's like, okay, here are the coconuts. Where's the Asian dude? And then all of a sudden he pops out of the hole and goes, supplies. That was oh, the, that was God. literally the joke I had to audition for. Oh wow! And like, and I was like, and I go in there, and you know, your job is to to let the casting director know that you you can act and not necessarily you're trying to build a long-term relationship with these casting directors sure i go in and like i'm just so like just embarrassed to to be there but like luckily there's nobody in the the casting room and mm. i apologies if you've heard this before but uh, mickey has not i'm and, not i'm i'm very interested yeah and uh yeah I was remembering one of the other things because it's like guy goes in to to exchange money and he's like why why do why I don't get as much money as yesterday and then the guy goes well fluctuations and the the reaction is well fluck you too and then I walk wow. walk out so people are I, not very funny <laughs> I totally go in there and I you know I'm like nobody's here it's just me like I'm just gonna go and just totally quote unquote chink it up and just like you know just balls out just be an idiot yeah and because like it, it's such a terrible show it's never going to get made but just throw yourself into it do, sure. your, do your job and and like the cast the guy running the, the casting session is laughing hysterically because it i'm yeah i mean it, i throw myself into it and i'm think it's it's pretty entertaining yeah it, it but wildly offensive okay yeah no it's a, to, to be clear like but i would never like let this get to air you know no but i i think like that's that's you know good on you because you yeah, it's it's one of those things where you yeah, know you yeah, have to... come out here you know what are you gonna do exactly so, and then and then like i'm like nobody's here so then i walk out and the entire room is full of like asian actors mm -hmm. and they're all staring at me because they've all heard because like, i'm screaming in there you know oh no and they just like staring daggers at me, like you fucking sellout, you oh, fucking geez. you you long duck motherfucking dong. And I just say, so that happened, and I just like rushed out of there. Like it was that was the most uh, that was a very humiliating moment. But um, but I did my job. But then I did go to one where there was an audition for a, a South African company. And it's crazy in this day and age that, that they would still do this. Like it was a, mm. like I think it was an electronics company or something. And the idea was like I was an Asian tourist and like just with like a, a ring of like cameras around my neck, you know, just yeah. like, 
and just taking pictures and like saying, you know, ching chongy things. And like at the, I went to there and like, you know, the other audition, I got the sides beforehand, you know, but for the, the commercial auditions, you don't often get the sides beforehand. So I mm-hmm. get there and I told the guy, I can't, can't do it. Um, and that's the only audition I walked out of. So, but, Fair and enough. the guy was just like so apologetic, you know, cause it's like, they, you yeah. know, they're just tired guns. They don't care. Yeah, maybe. And, and I mean, you know, maybe before when I said good on you for doing the thing, I don't know, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. No, so. I mean, I, 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 th- I think that, I knew what I was doing. Like right. I made the choice before I went. Like you know, I cannot do this. Mm-hmm. And but if I'm going to do this, then you might as well do it. Yeah. And and I did it. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess what I mean is, I admire the choice to like maintain professionalism, but I also can admire like the choice to be like, no, I can't. I I can't do this. Like I think. Right. Right. Committing one way or another is 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 a tough thing to do. Yeah. I think it would have been harder had like. Because also it was so such stupid bad material and obviously it didn't make right. it to air because I well I don't know obviously but I never saw it and hopefully it doesn't make it to yeah, air I mean this was years ago but yeah. the the harder thing would be is had I booked it like whether I would do it or not yeah and um yeah so but I you know I was on did a little thing on Mad TV where they asked me to to uh to to be put on an accent and mm. you know and and i did it because it was it was for the joke and yeah and you know it was with bobby lee and and so i was fine with it but mm. but they were very hesitant they're like um uh could you uh oh <laughs> and i was like chink it up and they're like yeah <laughs> no problem um <laughs> nice i like yeah. to imagine you like you've got like shades and you're like gotcha <laughs> no gotcha. worries gotcha cheat. you do the finger guns at him yeah, yeah. uh but yeah, and it was it was a funny little bit. That was actually yeah. uh, Bobby Lee was playing Kim Jong Il at the time, and oh. it was The Apprentice. And so yeah, yeah, where you're fired literally meant y- he fired a gun at you. That's so, <laughs> that's funny. yeah. So yeah, this I, I we've talked before about like I think sometimes those things can carry, but sometimes they most of the time they do not, and. So I think, you know, I, I, yeah, I think race-based humor can be, it's funny. I mean, obviously it's, it, there, there are a lot of people, I, I think it just has to be thoughtful, you know, it has to yeah. be interesting, you know, I think when you get people like Hari Kondavalu and, uh, and Aziz Ansari, like, yeah. and, um, you know, doing very thoughtful comedy about that stuff yeah and it's it, it's it's like the just because the topic is sensitive doesn't mean it's not there to be lampooned or whatever but it, you have to treat it like any other joke and actually make a joke instead of just doing i think shtick yeah because part of the thing the thing that people get tripped up on is they're like well just because i'm not supposed to talk about it and it's like no no one said you're not supposed to talk about it you dumbass it, you just have to think before you make a joke like every joke right right anyway um, no, no, no! Don't. Uh, there's no need to apologize. Are you a GOT person? Oh, Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, see, I was trying to get back to, to you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to get. We're, we're bringing up Jcom and you know. Yeah, I got a bit. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, salt. We could have called S A L T back in the day. That'd have been cool. Some, some of the, some all lives tickle. Yeah, that's the organization that Angelina Jolie works for. Yeah. Some all lives tickle. Right. Super annoying liver tickle. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
stop. So, so you're a writer, eh? Yes. As you can tell, I had that great thing earlier with uh, where I came up with all the different letters that could possibly be in the word salt. Um. Yeah. So, so you're not a. Uh, are you? I've, I've, I'm not caught up, but I've seen. Actually, I haven't even seen last season. Man, I'm terrible at this show. <laughs> no, this show is about is not about keeping okay. up to date. I haven't I've never watched a single fucking episode. Okay, but I like I I think it's I'm I'm in the camp that it got better as it went on and it like became funnier it got and, less rapey and yeah, it became funnier and less just like super rapey, uh, terrible and and all the in all the ways we're familiar with. Yeah, Though it's still I mean like it's still got that in it i think it's just gotten a little bit smarter about it as it's gone on right but not perfect yet um well the you know the the it's is it the last season is it season seven the last one or uh i i i've heard that they're doing like four more and they're like going to be eight episodes each or uh, whatever like spinoffy things or or, or, four, or four more seasons okay. yeah like they're, okay I, i've heard a lot of things about it i'm not actually sure what's the most accurate we'll never be able to find out we'll never know uh but the on, i'm gonna ibdb while you're doing this david benioff and db weiss they're the creators yeah. you know uh they're the names you see at the end of the cool credit sequence uh-huh how, how does that I will do the whole thing. Go on. I will. Do Do you want me to? This is your. With lyrics. Lyrics. Oh. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Thrones. Game of Thrones. Thrones. Stabbing people. Dragons and kings. Game of Thrones. DBY. And David Benioff. Uh, so those guys got a new deal. Oh right, yeah. Uh, did and it's a show that they're developing called Confederate. Do you, do you remember the premise of this one? I've heard the premise. I uh, so they at least have it renewed into 2018, according to IMDb. For Game oh, of thank God. Real quick. Anyways, sorry. Continue. Uh, yeah. Oh yes, I I've heard the premise. Uh, the I'm familiar with the story. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, that Confederate. It's that if the Basically, if the Confederacy hadn't had won the Civil War or hadn't hadn't had to acquiesce to the North, yeah, the of- yeah. Basically, it's a it's sort of like an alternate future sort of yeah. um, show where the that where slavery exists in the modern world and um and it's a sort of a drama about that. Uh, yeah, it's the chronicles that lead to the Third American Civil War, right. And so the this the southern states have officially seceded, and mm-hmm. um, and then it's about the the freedom fighters and the slave trade and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, now, when you hear about that, what is, what are your thoughts? Um, it sounds like, and I said this about there was a book, a very bestseller that came out last year. Um, Nothing but the very best. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Maybe like underground airways or something like that. That was about a similar topic. That was like underground slavery. railroad. No, it was, it was it was modern. It was like the underground railroad, but if the if it was if it was still today in slavery, and it was written by a white dude. And like when I first, it's it's actually a pretty well written book, but it is one of the things that it's like, yeah, this is the kind of thing that only a white dude would come up with. Like if you they, because they, it's not. Like, if you want to talk about race in America, just talk about current race in America. Don't imagine, like, weird fantasy scenarios. 
uh, etc. I, yeah, I, I don't think it's a great idea. I could see why, like, 20 years ago, it would have been uh, an acceptable idea for a premise, but now it's like we're we're at a point where we don't want this kind of th- this version of this kind of content anymore on the airways. I don't think. Well, there's a huge protest uh, yeah. about this uh, going on that was um, spearheaded by uh, April Rain, who's a, an activist, um, and she's she started a, a hashtag campaign, No Confederate. Uh, she also launched the Oscars So White in 2015. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, I think that there's a point that she has of like, do we want to create to, to see more depictions of slavery? Yeah. And, and d- will it feed into like these racist fantasies of, of these racist assholes throughout the south of like yeah that's how it should have been we that's our that's idyllic now you know Mm -hmm. like and to see depictions of people being whipped and and caught and whatever are are you thinking of underground railroad airlines airlines yeah underground airlines Mm -hmm. uh ben winters yeah ben winters yes thank you Uh, i was i mean i'm not trying to like shit on ben winters or anything but it is totally like when i read it and i had a conversation with a friend of mine and i was like you know this is you really know that this was written by, and I say this as a white dude, uh, you could tell this was written by a white dude because it's just, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you're going to have a, an alternate history fantasy about this. I think that with novels, you there's less um, there's less concern about about it because like people aren't throwing millions of dollars to, yeah. at you to do this and, and you're, it's not going out into the... You know, people don't read anymore, so it doesn't really. Nobody really cares. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Everyone just, just the New York Times book review, you know, right, and, and exactly. you and me, and um, <laughs> but but when it becomes a, a thing that gets televised that you can you know pull clips out of and, yeah, and larger audience, and, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that they're probably more. I think I agree that they're probably more interesting stories to tell uh, than uh, an alternate reality where where slavery still exists. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's a very, I, it's only in the, the developmental stages, and they teamed up with a husband-wife team, uh, Nichelle Spellman and Malcolm Spellman. Uh, he is a, a producer on Empire, and she mm. wrote on Justified, and uh, and they're both African American, and uh, I think that is a, obviously a smart thing to do. So it's not just yeah. two white guys writing, right, writing yeah, yeah, yeah. doing another like. Definitely, definitely good that they. Uh, yeah, did. yeah. I don't know. I just i've I've got mixed feelings about it because, like I said, it just it doesn't feel like a thing that I, feels pressing to me. Well, I also think that the bar is going to be really high for them to do yeah. something like worthwhile and good, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously they have great bona fides and and they will i'm sure work really hard at it and not just do something purely exploitative but yeah um top of the hour how do we do this oh sh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead go ahead go ahead it's uh it's the top of the hour and you're listening to the nooner podcast on the smodco internet radio network did i nail it yeah, you did. Look at that. Yeah. And we got the right sound effect that time. Yeah. I just thought you were showing me your crappy iPhone. <laughs> yeah, like, check out the shitty iPhone. Check, check out, out my crappy iPhone. Check out how busted yeah, this yeah, shit Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great time for it. You yeah. know, like, 
was um, trying to, yeah. No, 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 that was very, very good. Look at me go. Yeah. Uh, Getting better at this show every week. But if they if they want to hire you, you will work for Confederate, no problem. Uh, yeah, if they, it, I would work on literally anything. I'm not a, I'm not, a, I, I have no more. I'm ready to sell out Hollywood. Yeah. Oh yeah. Holly too. weird. So here's my question: mm-hmm. Is like in the world of Confederate, where where do the Asians sit? Oh, like, and like, is is it? okay to enslave anybody or is it just black people like it seems yeah i think i don't think i I buy the premise yeah it's a tougher and where do latinos fit in there like right where it talks about the like the the rest of us the people in between yeah no that's a good point i i i love that point because it's uh sorry my bad (laughs) (laughs) i got distracted by twitter don't don't look um I don't remember what my point was, but it was going to be really good and salient. Anyways, to Twitter, anything interesting happening on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, Darren said that season seven is the last of um, oh. Game of Thrones. They're going to split. Um, that's why you see 2018 is because they're going to do the back half in that next uh, year. Oh, pardon me. Well, thank you, Darren. You're, you know more than me. He knows in everything. General. He knows all. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed that. And uh, Michael Binhock wa- watched Dirk... Oh, gently. I want to watch that. I watched the original. Uh, so Dirk Gently is um, he's holistic detective, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's right. So that's based on a Douglas Adams uh, series. Oh yeah, Love and, Doug. old Dougie Ad, Dougie Ad, D A. We called him back in the day. Too soon. Da. <laughs> too soon, man. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, he um, he did this these books. Uh, did you read them? I read, uh, no, I read his Hitchhikers, but yeah. I never read them. Uh, they made, uh, maybe 10 years ago or so, with, uh, with what's his name, uh, one, Stephen Mangan, mm. um, playing Dirk Gently, who's one of the funniest actors out there, I've said many times. Um, they did that series, and it was cute. It was all right. And, but then they redid it again, uh, and, What's his name? Uh, Max Landis. Is that his name? John Landis. Is oh, yeah. Max Landis uh, uh, wrote, yeah. what do you call it? Didn't yeah. he write that? He did. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, he Ameri- wrote a thing. American, that's something or other. The, uh, with, with Chris yeah, that guy. and uh, that, that dude. And the guy. Yeah, yeah. What's that guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, you know. The, yeah, the guy, the duder. American Ultra. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was up here. Uh-huh. He also wrote another thing. He, yeah. He's yeah. written three, like, I think three things. And so he wrote, uh, he readapted Dirk Gently. Mm-hmm. And I watched the first few episodes, and it's, like, super cool, and, like, the m- music's very slick, and it's very gory and weird. And so I, I know, like, some people love it. I was just, to me, and, Michael, I'm sorry to disagree with you, um, uh, I th- thought it it felt like... It was trying to be cool. Yeah, like, there was. It, it was trying to be like Utopia. I felt it ripped off from Utopia. This this uh, BBC Four show. Oh, um, I thought you were talking about Dinotopia. <laughs> yeah, no, Autopia. Autopia <laughs> at Disney World at Disneyland. Um, no, it was you know w- which was a, a a very cool sort of conspiracy yeah. uh, thing. But this one, um, I don't like the guy who plays Dirk Gently that much, and that's and. Um, but Elijah Wood is good in it. I, I don't know. I, I should give it. A, I should finish it. But yeah. I, I gave up probably too soon. So, Michael, if you say season one is good, I will finish it. 
Um, I'll and, have to check it out, Michael. And, and then, then we'll, me and Marty will fight about it. Yeah. So Jane says that there was already a movie about the South winning. Um, do you know what that one is? No, I don't. I will say in the world of where you talk about alternative histories a lot, which is, you know, if you're Mickey and you were a history major, this is a conver- these are conversations you had. Uh, one of the most common ones is what if the South won Civil War? It's just like an easy one. Or like what if, what if the what Nazis if such and won? Such? Yeah. What if, the, what if the Nazis won? What if Abraham Lincoln had been assassinated earlier? Like these things are very common. Or not been assassinated. Um, yeah. Or not been assassinated. Like, uh, yeah. Um, what if the South won movie? Can, I don't know. Let's see. Oh, the CSA. Oh. CSA. That was the... Uh, co- wow, uh, we got this it. giant fucking Dunkirk ad in the way okay, of our okay, IMDb. We, we don't need to narrate uh, us, <laughs> us going through. It. It's a mockumentary uh, about uh, this this Confederates winning. Okay, um, all right. Yeah, there was also a book called um, shoot, was, well, this science fiction writer Spider Robinson wrote it back in the early oh, mid. Spider is a good name too. Yeah. Was it spelt weird or was it just no, straight up just spider? Straight up spider. Nice. Yeah. Nice. He, he's uh he lives in Canada, so uh, that's where you um that's where you live if your name is Spider. There you go. It's yeah. First fucking one. Well no, I think it's because I, I looked at I'm sorry I'm narrating the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just focus on the mic. Um uh, you're right. You know, it's, I'm gonna close my eyes and not look at the screen. It's called Night of Power and okay. it's it's uh it was it was cool, but it's a but, speculative but it, fiction speculative tale about a race fiction. war. Yeah, but see, that's a that's the thing is like it it's um it's just a book, and like a book, you just don't give it two thoughts if it, if you don't if if it's if it's offensive to you, you're like, ugh, what a shitty book. Yeah, but when it's, I think it's because movies are so prominent out there, they're they're promoted heavily, yeah. and and people talk about it a lot more that we and those ideas sort of persist more. Well, and now with the internet, they have this second life. Uh, that they never really had before because they they live on in like gifs and clips and things like that that people share all like i even though parks and rec has been off the air for like what five years now okay uh you still like see gifs and stuff of the show all the time so like that's like a very tame example but you know like if there was potentially anything malicious you could pull from the show like i could see why people would be concerned about like the potential dangers of that right right um yeah. I, so, yeah, I I think because there is that that uh, Amazon show um, where, where the Nazis won. Yeah, uh, the, the Philip K. Dick thing. Yeah, um, what's it called? What if the Nazis won? Question mark. Uh, no, I think there are two question marks. Yeah, question mark, question mark, exclamation point. Yeah, uh, man in the high cast. Man in the high cast. Yeah. Thank you. Which which I read back at right around the time I read the Spider Robinson book. Mm. Um, you were really into alternate history then. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, it was it was good. I, I seem to remember, but but that I guess is less. It's less volatile because I think it it, it is less controversial than that the Nazis were bad. Yeah, like there, you know, probably there are probably a good number of people in certain states of close to majority who well, would the, want you know some sort of racial segregation yeah. again. And the, well, I will say though that the. Uh the Nazis are bad. I mean, now there's, you know, arguably things are, things are different than they were when we first made the man in the high castle TV show. Oh We've yeah. But I still think that, I don't think it's, it's something that we, it's something that we need to take care of, but I don't think no. it's something that we need to worry about the yeah. same way we need to worry about, um, like voter ID laws. Yeah. You know, no, it's, it's less gerrymandering of a, and, yeah. you know, um, it's a problem that 
as is maybe back as opposed to a problem that never went away. Do you watch sci-fi at all? The the, the sci-fi network? Uh I used to when I had cable, but not really anymore. You cut the cable? Cut the cable. Uh they got a new show? They got new stuff? No, I I feel like like we're at a, a golden age for science fiction. That now that you know, t- speaking of Man in the High Castle and but there're just so many science fiction shows like yeah. you know, back in the day there was Star Trek. Yeah. And I can't think of uh there was a I mean, we had like the well, Star Galactica in the seventies, but like yeah, the six million dollar man was that the seventies? Oh yeah, yeah, it? I guess yeah. That, that was a science that, fiction movie, uh, show. But now there, I think it's because it's relatively cheap to do. You just put some cardboard boxes on a soundstage and look, it's a spaceship. No, <laughs> yeah, and then you can do uh, pretty simple, like. You know, I want to make the science fiction show where everyone, it's, hey, get on the spaceship. Welcome to the spaceship, everyone. That's how it would work. Okay. Hey, yeah. Captain, how you doing on the spaceship today? And then it's so Sorry. easy to put, like, you, you know, all the 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 compositing and yeah. all the special effects are super easy to, or not easy, but relatively cheap to do. All the uh, beeps and boops. Yeah, all the bleeps and blorps. And uh, so... There are dozens of these shows out, and then there are the mainstream ones, like the new, um, the new uh, uh, one with uh, Seth MacFarlane. That one oh. uh, on Fox that's coming out. Um, like it, people are just so yeah. pissed at us. Um, that, like I could give you a computer. And you could, I could you spare could, one of the. Three you could, but I'm so me. busy looking at the screen yeah, of this yeah, other one that you've so shown me. So fucking distracted. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you, everything from the you know the Walking Dead to to yeah. Man in the High Castle to like the uh, what's that one on well, the, ex- the, the, the Expanse on Sci-Fi, oh, yeah. which people love. But then there was like Winona Earp. Winona Earp, hell yeah, Winona Earp. I haven't seen it, but I, that sounds cool as fuck. <laughs> describe it to people. <laughs> you describe it. Uh, isn't it Wyatt Earp's like great great granddaughter hunts demons? That's pretty much the whole show, right? That. That's all. That's all you need. That's yeah. all you need. Oh wow! Look at that. That was so fast that you copy pasted that in. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the screen again and narrating. That's her great granddaughter battling demons, and she has unique abilities uh-huh. uh, and a posse of dysfunctional allies. Don't yeah, forget that. Yeah. And then you've got all the DC shows on the CW. Yeah, Marvel on Netflix. Yeah. And a friend of the show, John Enbaum, he just showed uh, sold a show called Level Zero, I guess. Oh, and it's. Uh, it's a great premise. I don't know. I I don't think I should say what it is, but it just it's, know that it's going to be cool as fuck when it comes out. Everyone. Yeah. Let me see if. Um, yeah. See if it's, no, yeah. it's not. It's a comedy show. Oh. It's like a uh, half hour, I think. Um, um but uh, but I I think it's great. Like, do you are you 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 like science fiction, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Uh, but do any of these shows like you get into any of these shows like, yeah totally. the 100 I, and... uh the 100 is one i've been out of my list for a while we talked about all of i zombie is and b is and b um i i got into the walking dead for a little bit and kind of have fallen off of it and i'm like waiting to get back into it uh the strain is a cool one i like the strain on fx they got cool gross things on there oh yeah yeah guillermo del toro's yeah thing. yeah yeah, yeah. Um. Yes, I. I think it's. Oh, uh, you got Legion on FX now too, which is more Marvel. Yeah, more yeah. Marvel business. Right. And what do you think? Think of that show? I haven't seen much of it. I've only seen the pilot, but it looked cool. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get back into it at some point. I just have to like you know. Yeah. Remember to guys. And don't judge an, me. And that's another show where I'm just like, is this 
is this good or is this too cool for school? Like, mm. I think it, it treads that line. Uh, and, but it, it, I think it's good though. I, 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 I like it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Stranger Things also. Oh, yeah. 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 So sci-fi. I'm, I think that we need to come up with our, I mean, everybody's doing a sci-fi show. So I think oh. there's no reason why we should. And your original idea of guy, of booming announcer voice who in, yeah. announces everybody who comes on to the, the, the ship. He's a character on the show. A great, great idea for a show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think we can, we can probably, you know, okay. we can. So we've got the booming announcer. What does he need? Well, the booming well, announcer okay. Guy? I'm saying that's one idea. He's got, know? so he's, okay. he needs to be quieter. Uh, I, he needs, uh, but he needs to learn to be quiet. Okay, for for why? Because seven seven seasons. His dad told him, "Hey, be quiet, son." And then he got in a car accident. And we, but we never see him. We he we just see the speakers, yeah, like hang, it, hanging through all the corridors, of, right, the, of exactly. the ship. And we only learn about it because there's a mouse on the ship that lives in the air ducts, and it's a main character. Because it's but it can't it's speak. an alien mouse right. that has the intelligence of a human cannot speak right but it can write beautifully <laughs> it's beautiful prose and so we don't have anybody reading it we just show the prose on screen right. and that's how we between that and the boomer voice and those are the only that's the that's show. the only character that's the show and it's called and uh, the booming voice guy his name is Noble mm-hmm. and the mouse is named Barnes <laughs> and it's going to be called Noble and Barnes wait 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 guys. Did you hear that? That was a callback. <laughs> um, I also think the mouse should have three eyes, just to demonstrate that it is an alien mouse. Um, yeah, and two tails, oh, of course, because we have the technology. Right, we, we have, can get we a, can do it. We can get a mice, a mouse. I'm sorry, a, a mice, and a staple gun, and we can make that thing happen. <laughs> So you're welcome, America. Look, look out for it on Sci-Fi Two. Noble, I'm sorry, Sci-Fi Three. Noble and Barnes. Noble and Barnes. Yes. Oh, oh man. Speaking of, I'm just thinking of more classic sci-fi shows to bridge the gap from the '70s to now. You got you have Sliders. <laughs> was the first show that popped into my head. Oh, Do you remember Sliders? Yeah, that show was awesome. Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, I want to watch that again. Maybe when I go home. You had Lost. I'm just. Telling the history of science fiction on TV, That's you guys. That's good. No, it's your history of science yeah. fiction. <laughs> like, just shows I remember. Oh, Quantum Leap. Jesus. <laughs> Nikki's just going to amuse himself by looking at the screen and then and then thinking about shows. The second and week in a row that I ruined the podcast. Nonsense. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So, oh, and Nazi imagery is banned in Germany still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, sure, there are some in that country who do f- who don't fully agree that Nazis uh, are bad, but I think in the general culture, uh, there, there's I think it's pretty pretty um, overwhelming. One might know? argue that there people generally don't think like uh, there's not like a mass of people that think Nazis are super great like secretly in their hearts but there's a lot of people that like have been raised around racist ideology even though they don't they aren't comfortable with admitting it or whatever right or do, everyone's yeah. a little bit racist uh, yeah darren was pointing out some of the other shows from the, the 90s <laughs> but like i i think between between all the different um networks out there and how cheap it is to do science fiction relative to like where you can shoot everything on a stage or indoors uh and like and how easy special effects are to do now. Yeah. Like we're it's it is a golden age, and I just um, 
which one of them would hire me. Yeah. <laughs> fucking A. It just makes it feel worse, doesn't it? Like, like yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, there's so too many shows out there. Mm-hmm. Not enough shows for me. Like, if you think about it, like in the 90s, like people like had X Files, yeah, X Files, and like that was it that they could potentially write on that was cool oh, sci fi yeah, yeah. network stuff. And now it's like, oh, there's just every show in existence, but yeah. I still can't get hired. <laughs> Like well, we did look at your the 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 spec that you wrote, um, N- Noble and Barnes. And, <laughs> well, um, there's no there's no dialogue. It's yeah, just a yeah. mouse writing on a piece of paper <laughs> yeah. for sixty minutes, and then a booming voice welcoming people on board. But there's nobody else on the show. <laughs> and he's naming different people that aren't that are never seen on screen. Yeah, and at that point they just press a button and they're like, uh, "Security, can you please <laughs> escort?" Monsieur Boussard off the off off our ship off the premises <laughs> off the premises off the studio lot. I'm going to write this now. I feel so excited about Noble and Barnes. <laughs> I've got a the two-tailed mouse, yeah, with three eyes. <laughs> it's two tails and three. I've actually done basically that for like creatures that I've invented in stories that i've written honestly i'm not proud to admit but like i've there was one time where i was like there's a creature and it's all noses and i was like this is so dumb but i love it too much to get rid of it so there's one thing i wrote that has a creature with all noses in it yeah but uh, curiously like enough a terrible sense of smell yeah exactly it was cursed but it spoke fluent in every language uh anyway yeah so there's um speaking of the science fiction things there's a company now that uh it's they're a security company called three square market and they're in wisconsin and they deal with um like break room technology and stuff like that which is and sort of like employee sort of management technology Mm. and they've um offered their employees the option of having a microchip embedded in their hand so that when you enter the building, as opposed to swiping your ID card, or um, or any something like that, or, or instead of like using uh, money to buy something in the break room, you can just wave your hand, your microchipped yeah, hand. Definitely do that, guys. That's gonna be cool. Did would you do that? I would not do that, but I want other people to, so well, I can know about it. <laughs> why wouldn't you do it? Because uh, it's scary. They're gonna use it to control my brain. Don't be ridiculous, Martin. <laughs> what if they said? You get you get free sun chips. In the, the then, yes, room. obviously. For free sun chips? Are you kidding me? Wait, what flavor? Uh, harvest. Uh, oh, oh, good. Harvest. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Harvest grain. Harvest moon? Harvest grain? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. The one that. in the red bag. Yeah. yeah. I, I was literally going by bag colors in my brain. Yeah. They've got like orange and blue and red. Yeah. Uh, but sun chips. Yes. This episode brought to you by sun chips. Sun chips. So you wouldn't do that. Um, no, probably not. It sounds scary. Um, I'm scared of, of technology, yeah. if I'm being honest. But I want other people to do it because then when it turns terrible, I can be like, oh, this will make this will be a great story. No. What if they could do a, a tattoo that they could remove, but it's otherwise permanent until they until you get it, mm. uh, like laser removed, but that had like a barcode on you? Oh, then you could become like Hitman. It wouldn't be on the back of your head. It would be on the. Can I get it on the back of my head? You can get it on the back of your head. Okay, then yes, I want that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Here's the thing about Hitman. Yeah, he's supposed to blend in everywhere. He's got this barcode on the back of his head, and he's bald, and he wears the same black suit everywhere. It's really it's very easy to spot. Well, he can wear other clothes though if you kill people first. 
Okay. D- do you want to explain what Hitman is? It's a video game. <laughs> God, I'm being the worst today. No, you're not. Hitman's yeah. a video game where you kill people. You're a Hitman. He has a barcode on the back of his head because that's how you know he's Hitman. And you can be stealthy. And, and you be stealthy. And yeah. like you're supposed to like sneak into areas and like blend in. And not necessarily kill everyone, which I'm like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Yeah, that you're just supposed to, to kill the target. Exactly. It's like, what if we took the worst mission from every video game, the stealth mission, and then we made that the whole game? And right. that's Hitman. Yeah, and Assassin's Creed, right? And Assassin's, well, Assassin's Creed, you know, you can also go find buildings to jump off of. Oh, right, right. You get to do parkour. Yeah, um, a lot of parkour. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, but seriously, would you get, like, say it was like a, an invisible tattoo, mm-hmm. like, that you they would put on the back of your hand. Would you do that? Yeah, I mean... I guess sure. That doesn't sound as scary as a microchip. A microchip in the hand sounds too much like something Philip K. Dick would have come up with okay. for me to want to do it. Now, what if they said, "Oh, um, you could get a microchip in and put it in your kid, and you'll never lose your kid, and you'll always know where your kid is, and you always know that your kid is is safe, and mm. and uh, and will track its health, your kid's health too." I would be like no to that, even though it sounds cool. Again. But I wouldn't. I I wouldn't want to. Like I feel like for me, I've never been a parent, obviously. But that you know of, yeah, exactly. If I were to be a parent, though, I wouldn't necessarily want to have that much like lockdown control because I feel like it would be too tempting to be like use it too much. I think. I think there has to be a certain level of freedom for kids. Would you? put spyware on their cell phones yes totally no i'm kidding um i've i did your parents do anything like that no you're you're of that age yeah no my parents well cell phones i didn't have a smartphone until i was in college so wouldn't have really spyware would have just told them did you want one what my high school school? was i had i had a i had like a brick like a nokia brick Uh uh-huh oh oh dude i want a smartphone yeah um they didn't really come out until i guess the, the iphone came out in like 2005 right the first one something like that sorry uh whenever the first iphone came out i feel like i remember it being when i was i feel like i remember it not being a huge enough thing yet they weren't like everywhere until i was in college right it did it, it, this year was this uh 10th anniversary oh wow right so well, congrats happy birthday iphone but what about the internet did your parents worry about you on the internet oh yeah totally they they you know they were worried about the the porns and the the, the bad people getting me and stuff didn't stop you though didn't stop me still found it yeah. you guys you're not gonna believe it a 14 year old will find a way to get to porn yeah it's if, if given infinite monkeys and infinite typewriters <laughs> you'll find the, the website. you'll find a 14 year old jerking off <laughs> uh, yes that but it, yeah back in my day like mm-hmm. it, it, it was just Stephen flores found a box of of porn in his in a dumpster and he distributed the magazines to his to mm. his friends and i got one of them and oh, nice. and it had to keep it he didn't know, make you pay hidden. money for that that would have been no no steve's steve's awesome yeah. uh chill boy steve chill boy steve uh but like that was what we that was the only outlet we had mm-hmm. and like nowadays and actually there's um john ronson who uh, wrote the screenplay for Okja with director Bong. Uh, he has a new like uh, podcast series on Audible. I think it's free, uh, and it's about how what the it's called the butterfly effect, and it's mm-hmm. about the effect of 
specifically Pornhub, which basically offers free porn right. on the world. And it's pretty fascinating. Is um, it like no one wants to not do porn all the time? Because uh, that would seem it like it would be well, the effect. Well, there are a lot of effects uh, from it. So yeah. one of the effects is like every kid with a phone can access free porn whenever they want. Yeah. And every 14-year-old, you know, is going to the bathroom with their phone for one reason. Right. Um, to poop and follow their baseball scores. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, so he follows... So it, it also... It looks at the various ways, like how it affects the porn industry and um, when knowing that, like, within a month of a guy putting up a movie that he spent, you know thousands of dollars to make that it'll end up on Pornhub. Right. You know, and for free. Like it'll be pirated up there. Yeah. And and um and then there's also this whole like bespoke porn industry that where you can contact your or certain production companies and porn stars and ask them to do uh oh. a specific type of porn. Like it's because wow. Because it's so hard to make money, they'll do this bespoke porn, and you know, its production values are not, or, or production's just pretty cheap when it comes to, yeah. <laughs> to fucking. Yeah, it's, and, um, <laughs> but usually it's like fetish stuff, so it'll yeah. be like, um, you know, I want this, I want to watch so and so, like swat flies in, in naked for, you know, thirty minutes, yeah. and, uh, but then there's they follow this one kid, or they they tell this one kid's story who, uh, he's autistic. Um, he's got Asperger's and um, he befriended this teenage girl, you know, and then when he was 18, he moved away and then would send her uh, these texts. Like he, they were friends, but they hadn't gone to romance, but he had missed her. So he would send her like basically dialogue he had learned from watching lots and lots of porn. And he, um, because he didn't know any better. And that's not, I mean, that's his excuse, I guess. But, and, and, but this woman, this girl was clearly victimized because like basically sending these very charged uh, texts and and images as well. Mm. And so this 18 year old with Asperger's and who sent some texts is now spending the next 22 years on the sex offenders list. Mm. He can't go within 2000 feet of a school. He right. can't like, so that limits where he can live and, and he can't get pretty much any, like any like very low paying job, you know, like, yeah. it, the number of jobs he can get are very limited. Right. Uh, and so it's like, that is one effect, but but I think that's also uh, uh, the effect of what it's like to live in a this sort of sexually judgmental society where everyone behind closed doors is looking at hours yeah. and hours of free porn. That's the thing. That's the thing that's so interesting to me about it is that it's sort of become like no one can talk about porn, but it's really like everywhere. I mean, it's Im- it's impossible. Uh, t- I'm no, I'm no, sorry. No, I'm look, looking. Okay, I'm, I'm ADDing so hard at I'm, the Twitter screen. I'm for, forbidding you from looking at the screen. But look, I see right. things about video games. <laughs> oh God. Oh yeah, Harvest Moon is a game. Yeah, there it is. That's where Harvest Moon was in my brain. Anyways, it wasn't because of Neil Young, it wasn't. It oh. was because of. It was because of the video game. I have okay. to be honest. Okay. It would be cooler if I said. Anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, 
yeah so but it, it's weird that it's it's such a play we live in a society where i feel like everyone is so, sort of saturated with sex all the time but no one really seems to want to talk about it a lot even including myself like i if someone came up to me and they were like hey you want to talk about fucking i'd be like please get away from me sir <laughs> please move away from me well, that limits what we're going to talk about in the next half hour um uh yeah i think and and we as a society have this weird connection with porn where like this they there's this one porn star that they interview porn star is such a a silly thing to call them a porn actress oh no that's a porn performer performer uh porn former yeah and she'll be out in public and Actually, she is a big star because she's like the number one porn person. I forget her name. Mm. I'm pretending to forget her name. Mm-hmm. but um, And she will have like 11-year-old boys come up to her and say, can I fuck you, you know? And and she's, I mean, she has a very good response to them. And, Which and, is no. <laughs> well, but also, yeah. but also like th- that's not, if you ever want to have sex, that's not how you, you yeah. do it. And you treat, you know, treat women with respect and mm-hmm. and uh, but it's just uh weird that that's that's part of our society and yet uh where every single person or not every single boy mm. has knows at least one porn star you know yeah or a porn performer and yet we they're so stigmatized you know in other ways because then from adult men they'll get like these looks of like Oh yeah, I know who you are. Yeah, and it's, and obviously that's the life they chose, and mm-hmm. and there are consequences for everything you do, but that is one of the unwelcome things of that sort of judgment uh, that people right. have. Yeah, it's it's I can definitely it's uh, it's it's a changing thing that I think people because we like I said we feel sort of uncomfortable talking about it. We. Uh, it's it's a thing that's like I said we're not comfortable talking about it so we don't we just pretend it's not there I feel yeah. like yeah even more than sex and like you know prom, like maybe promiscuous sex or whatever used to be back in the day now it's like no one wants to talk about sex in any form well I I guess I th- I think that there's there it, we're becoming more polarized because you do have the the Dan Savage of Dan Savages yeah. of the world who are promoting a very sex positive view of things, and that that proliferation of of positive social change polarizes the the Catholic the Catholic League and the Family yeah. Research Council, and into into making their their base even more you know insulated from from that right, and it's um, it's very toxic i think but yeah. but you know i'm i'm a, obviously a huge dan savage fan no yeah that's a good point i didn't uh, i hadn't really i guess i was thinking more from like my experiences especially growing up because like you know very family was very conservative very catholic so you know it was not really a thing that was talked about except for like in the don't do it sense and it's it it is a good question of like if you are a person who is maybe religious or whatever how do you have that conversation <laughs> other than just honestly with your kids and stuff like that and yeah mm-hmm. so, are, are all are, are there any uh, this is a personal question you don't have to answer it, but are, of the eight kids mm-hmm. uh, any queer kids in the family um not that i'm aware of as yet right. but i would be surprised statistically if none of them yeah 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 because i'm i'm all like i think that's 
that's what makes people change is yeah. like like when um what's his name um when uh the vice president dick cheney you know his daughter is one of his daughters is a lesbian mm -hmm. and so it's only when that happened in his family that his views evolved about lgbtq rights right and uh and i think that is something that will hopefully uh change things i you know the more the more people who come out as yeah. queer to their families uh anyhow that's um back to back to game of thrones no um <laughs> yeah do you suspect that someone in your family might be queer um i've i've uh, i don't know if i suspect anything yet i've well for one thing i have two sisters who are still pretty young uh like they both one is a junior in high school one's a freshman in high school so it's like they're still pretty early on yet and right. then as far as the rest of them most of them are uh married or engaged and it's just one of those things where it's like i don't really know for sure i there's not necessarily one in particular that i'm like i think like he or she is going to be the one but right you know um okay what if you could what if there was a brain implant that allowed you to look to go through the internet okay like and you could take it out but it would you would it would eliminate the the need for a keyboard and a monitor. Oh, I'm super into keyboard monitor. I'm that's actually one of my greatest fears is that eventually they'll take my keyboard away. Your ASDW? Yes, my ASDW. I was like I thought that was an acronym for something like yeah. always sitting downwind. That's a that's a yeah. bad bad advice. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, upwind is where you want to mm -hmm. be. Uh but um oh really? So so like you could like do all your web surfing just by thinking you wouldn't do that i would be i would not be good at it i would be like hey you've seen the level oh of distra God. like You're any amount like, of distraction I thought, like so just so everyone knows like we're in a different room uh because we've got some renovations going on and uh i have a monitor that's pointed at us mm -hmm. and whenever i hit refresh like mickey just stops just, i'm just like what's going on over there yeah uh or i'd narrate whatever you're typing into the right, screen right. oh you cut copy and paste wow that is <laughs> i literally did that earlier <laughs> i'm uh, i am ashamed of me because of my but yeah no i well like if i did have that it would either be it would either not work or it would work so well to the point that it would be like a million tabs open instantaneously because i'd be like oh what about onions what about what about this what about this tv show i just thought about and then that's exactly what i'm doing right now yeah i'm looking up onions but yeah. um i yeah I, I i guess i would have that problem as someone with pretty bad add like i would always be doing that but i do that anyway if i just if i made the process faster yeah but i also think that people just like you know just a, a microchip in your hand squicked you out like people aren't gonna do yeah. that to their brain as much as like that is a thing like people are, are doing weird brain hacks yeah like where they're i think if it became i think if it was less of a thing of like security stuff i think part of it that squeaked me out was the the uh security aspect of it and like that it was a company that was doing it that you're an employee of but if it was just like hey use this to get on the the net faster get on the net faster you know get that netscape yeah then you'd get your netscape yeah get in that netscape <laughs> yeah i i think that that is probably one of the things about science fiction that i don't 
know is going to be a fast adoption rate. You mm-hmm. know, when like the whole sort of matrix and uh, you know people plugging in like that. No, I don't. I don't see that happening. But but there are. Did you ever you do Second Life? Yeah. No, I, I never did, but I know I'm aware of Second Life. I'm sorry. Whoa. Yeah, I there's, backed up from Second Life pretty there's quick. No, there. there's no stigma about using. Is there no stigma about Second Life? Real quick. First of all, second of all, I actually I genuinely haven't. I'm just <laughs> trying to get it out of you. I just want the truth. That's all we want. No, it's okay. The truth is that I I've never actually had a Second Life account, but I'm aware of Second Life and uh, yeah, the many well, things that are. But available. Apparently, it's really valuable for um, to a lot of people. Like a lot of people with various social uh, or psychological uh, handicaps and or, or deficits, or, or people who want to who are paralyzed. Actually, they they will or have other physical ailments will mm-hmm. go on there on Second Life, and uh, it's like a virtual world where you have these avatars and and. Um, uh they will find actual like you know make genuine relationships there sure. and and i'm sure it's creepy too i'm sure there's weird fetish stuff on there right oh yeah totally google weird fetish stuff second life real quick for me and just like so i can watch you do it no i'm not gonna do that. i'm scared <laughs> to uh also don't say that any fetishes are weird marty that's no I, that's why i said weird fetishes oh, i didn't okay. you know Okay, you're specifying only the weird ones. Yeah, uh, I, um, I kind of like the, That's the thing about fetishes. It's like, oh, there are some people who like, you know, they get off on you know people eating potato chips. Sure. Like, how cool would that be if like, that's all it took to get to get yeah. you off? No, like, it'd be dope. It'd be like, well, then it'd be like it's it's a double edged sword though, because then you're horny all the time around potato. Like, you can't go to Subway. Yeah. Uh, and can you imagine a world where you can't go okay, to well, subway? Maybe that's not the the best one, but yeah, but like, like I, a car. If you were like car sexy, yeah. Me, I I like you know I'm into to that combination of funny and smart and sexy, and that gets me off. And and mm. and hot bodies and like that's like that's difficult. Like yeah, but you know, a, a woman smoking and you know like. Wow, that gets you off. That's yeah. how cool is that? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> I, would, it I wish that were that simple for me. You know, uh, but there's a a new thing called Sansar S A N S A R that is created by one uh, the one of the creators, uh, or I guess the the lab Linden Lab, which created Second Life. Okay, and it'll be a virtual reality one that that you'll wear you know, on a headset and a, a VR. Ah, so it's so like we're getting the next like, step. It yeah. is the next step to, to being... To being Ready Player One. Yes. We're going to be yeah. Ready Player Two pretty soon. And it's so funny because, yeah, that in this article, that the, there were, the interviewer or the, the journalist noted that there was a copy of Ready, Ready Player One on the desk yeah. at the office. But, nice. But I think, I mean, I think it's that is a worthy thing of looking into. That, I, I think has value yeah i think it's one of those things um actually mm-hmm. i just thought about um so some of you may be familiar with the black mirror episode san junipero did you watch black mirror marty i did i did san Jun- the san junipero one where they do the little computer the old folks yeah get it, like download their consciousness and do a computer kind yeah. of thing well, um, a way to give away the ending that's not the ending that's the premise what I thought that it's not until the end that you. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh shit! <laughs> Reverse spoiler oh alert, God. everyone. 
Hey guys, watch it anyway. It's real good. Wow, way to go, Mickey. I forgot about what order events happen in that episode. <laughs> I shouldn't be allowed in front of people. Um, anyway, as I was saying, the thing that I like about that episode, I think it was nominated for an Emmy. I think. Yeah, well, the, and the thing that I like, as opposed to, for instance, other Black Mirror episodes, is that it sort of acknowledges technology is potentially very complicated but it isn't inherently evil like it's a thing that is in that episode it's like the the thing you can see the downsides of the thing and they present the downsides of the thing but they also present the potential upsides of the thing and like why it is maybe good for people and you, it's it's one of those things that i think you it really is you just have to weigh like it's it's so when we talk about the the future ready player one world where we're all going to be running around with the iron giant and freddy krueger and and all that jazz like in the trailer right it's uh it, you know it's there'll be good things and bad things there'll be benefits and and not so greats like will there be people that you know wouldn't have otherwise made a lot of human connection making human connection as a result absolutely will there be people who um maybe don't do enough other things outside of play that game absolutely right right yeah i'm all for it i think it'll be really interesting i don't know if i would be a big consumer of it but uh was that your favorite episode of that season yeah it's it's actually probably my favorite episode of that show so yeah it's really beautiful like the the yeah it's a great one and the woman the white woman in it uh mackenzie davis she's Mm -hmm. gonna be in uh the new blade runner oh cool yeah so that's pretty exciting. That's going to be a good movie. Yeah. So everyone should see that. That's on uh, the Netflix, I believe. Um, oh, shit. I had one other thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, I, I I don't know if you guys wa- follow Jessica Williams at all, but um, she's a very charming um, Yeah, but she comedian. up to these days. I don't know. If- well, she has a movie that's out on Netflix. It's a romantic comedy oh. that she's uh, starring in. And uh, she's a huge... Um, jk rowling fan and um you know because she grew up in in that time right and so she got like uh, a dm from jk rowling and because they have the same birthday and which was yesterday happy birthday to oh that's also harry potter's birthday exactly exactly so and apparently like so she was talking about it on uh stephen colbert and um that she got a dm from her and apparently they spent their birthdays together yesterday oh isn't that fantastic and they both had their own separate cakes and that just warms my heart oh yeah everybody stop you're being too great right now what house do you think jessica williams is in oh i think she was uh gryffindor i think yeah um that was what i would that was what i would have guessed yeah and, what house are you in, Marty? Uh, I'm total Ravenclaw. I knew it. Yeah. I'm so good at this. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Stephen Colbert was, he asked, uh, and um, she he got a DM from J.K. Rowling that said that he was Ravenclaw with oh. a little bit of Gryffindor, maybe. You know? Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. With a soupçon of Gryffindor. With soupçon? Uh, yeah. How, how, I, I always thought, I actually never really thought about what house I would be in until just now. Yeah. And tweet in what house? What you house are, are you? I'm I'm total Hufflepuff, hundred percent. Why did I know that? I'm because because you know you inherently know that the wait. I'm sorry. Oh my I god! Did it you, again. You, this I'm is sorry. The, I ne- should never hit refresh while you're talking. Look, I'm gonna look this way the okay. whole rest of the episode. I can't so, even look at oh, you. Anymore. That's such a Hufflepuff thing for you to do. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's I. But yeah, like I'm just such a well, like you know, I'm like chill. I'm chill. I'm like, who wants to eat? 
who wants to smoke weed. I'm not really like who wants to smoke weed, but well, one might think that of you. Yeah, you know, you know. it's very yeah, it's very right there with me. So yeah. Um, by the way, I just want to give a shout out to um, Cassandra, who was on a plane, or probably she's landed by now, oh, yeah. uh, which is why she couldn't show up today. And uh, the last time I saw Steve, we had gone out um, for food ramen close to my house, and apparently that's the last solid food he's eaten in the past week and a half. Oh, God. Because he's suffering from um, a terrible, terrible uh, illness that was derived from that meal. So I apologize to Steve for taking us there. I had a fine meal. Um, <laughs> I will be going back there, but apparently he contra- contracted neurovirus. Oh, God. Which is uh, just horrible. But What house do you think uh, Kruger's in? Slytherin. Duh. What about Cassandra? Slytherin. Yeah, I think Cassandra might, might, be, might cross into Gryffindor. I could see Slytherin for her, but I think it's like, might be Gryffindor. Oh, I forgot. Okay, sorry. I'm going to, um, before we go, I'm just going to do some uh, a mail sack thing. We only got one email. Um, Michael Benhawk, who's been tweeting at us all day um, and with much appreciation. Good, a- good morning, Merps. After last week's empty mail sack, a somewhat longer email. First off, I should have bought the convertible. Duh. Yeah. Every new day brings more chaotic news from the White House. Uh, I feel a little news fatigue. Me too. 37 more days till my cousin comes to Germany. Uh, we have a saying, nach mir die Sintflut, after me the flood or devil may care. So mm. he basically, those five sentences have nothing to do with each other. They're just bits. As, yeah. Should have bought the convertible. Every day brings me more uh, chaotic news from the White House. 37 more days till her, his cousin visits. And Nach mir Uh Okay. Excellent. That's like a haiku. It, uh, yeah. I don't think it is. <laughs> Last week, I wanted to write in about Chester Bennington's suicide. After I heard about his struggles in the past and what happened to him when he was young, I can somehow understand what was going on. Uh, so Chester Bennington was the, the lead screamer from Lincoln Park. Right, yeah. And a uh, very talented guy. Apparently he was very close with, um, what's his name, from, uh, um, Al- uh, Jesus Christ, you know, um, the other guy who hung himself. Oh, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, but. I feel bad about not knowing this one, doubly so. Yeah, um. Chris Cornell from oh that's yeah, yeah. right yeah. yeah they were they were buddies and um and he had struggled with depression and and uh, substance abuse over the years and um, he hung himself uh, and leaving behind several children and a wife so uh, Michael goes on in 2003 after I was discharged from the navy I couldn't find work and trusted uh, tr- and trusted someone who betrayed that trust I fell in a deep depression owed the government and back taxes I couldn't pay I also lost contact with my cousin because uh, she moved to West Virginia for work I was thinking about suicide then as well but fortunately I had my parents who sim- who supported me then I can't imagine what would have happened to me if I didn't have them I was almost a year unemployed when I got a job and started to pay off all my loans and debts. In 2007, I got in contact with my cousin again. In 2008, she was in Switzerland and, did, and worked close enough to meet her for the weekend. 
that's on the positive things. Uh, that's one of the positive things about Facebook. Um, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, see you hopefully in 2020 or some divine intervention will stop this madness sooner. Michael. Uh, also, P.S. If someone wants to visit Germany next year, I have a guest bed for two. Oh. Uh, thank you, Michael. That's a that's a very um, a very uh, personal side that we don't uh, that we really appreciate, and and I'm glad you worked through that. that. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. But yeah, I mean, I think that one thing about technology, things like Facebook and fa- frankly podcasts, like I, I I have gotten a lot of emotional support from through social media yeah. and. Uh, and it's been great. And I have gotten in touch with people I haven't seen in years. I next in a couple of weeks, I'm going to see uh, two of my friends, closest friends from high school, who I hadn't seen since graduating from high school. Wow! And so that's what thirty years ago. And I saw them last year just because we hooked up on Facebook. Oh. And it was really, and they hadn't seen each other either. So I guess we weren't that good friends. No, we, we <laughs> no, we were very good friends, but. But just you know, they all did different things, and 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 when we got back together, it was just, it was like no time had passed. Yeah. Well, except they were a lot smarter and richer. But um, and then there was me. <laughs> and, but they, um, yeah, the, it, it was great though. I mean, we and it, if not for Facebook, that would have never happened. Yeah. No, I think. Um, I mean, as a person who has struggled with with thoughts of depression and suicide and things like that in the past, I. I, I can acknowledge that, yeah, technology has been very helpful in uh, re- reaching out because I think, you know, and if anyone out there is, you know, maybe having trouble, I'd say just, re- you know, reaching out and, and asking for help is often the best thing to do, even though it is definitely the hardest. It's one of those unfortunate things in life where the, the right thing to do for yourself is often very difficult. But I think you, you, you might know who that person is, hopefully, in your life who you can reach out to. And yeah. 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 And... Also, it just sucks uh, when Michael's talking about how you owed money and back taxes that you couldn't pay. I just, I hate that that becomes a, a like that money becomes such a, a source of depression for people. Yeah. And, and myself included. You oh, know? sure. Uh, there was just a couple who committed suicide uh, last week. They're in their 50s because they owed a, couple, a few hundred thousand dollars in back taxes. Jeez. And leaving behind two two children and that just like i don't know how like that that just is so uh, sad yeah no, it's, it's, yeah. it's heartbreaking yeah it's... yeah um so hopefully we can provide um two hours of mm, slightly cloudy sunshine <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but we certainly appreciate everybody listening it's it's really great we have a fun time and um we love talking to you guys and we love hearing from you so please in addition to tweeting in uh email us that's at uh, noonerpodcast at gmail.com fill our sack we will talk about uh all the stuff you have want to talk about ask questions get personal tell us stories if anything uh you like or didn't like also um be sure if you haven't done so already to give us a review on um, what is it called? Itunes, 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 and and Stitcher. Uh, all that stuff really helps us out. Yeah, you know, um, we uh, do this for fun, and um, the more people we can reach, the better. And and also, 
it will help keep us on the air because then Kevin won't be like, wait, this, who, like, who let this shit, who, who let is this, this shit on? <laughs> wait, what is, what's happening? That guy who kept showing up at the house like back in like six years ago, he's still on? <laughs> How did this happen? Get Will Wilkins on the phone. And then we'll we'll be done. But yeah. if but if people actually listen, then um then we look good. So uh, do you have anything to plug um, besides Atomic Blonde? Atom- Atomic Blonde, first of all, the best movie of all time. And uh, let's see, I will be I I will be out of town next week. So if anybody's in Baton Rouge or New Orleans, tweet Baton tweet Rouge. at me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then a uh, week after that is the Burbank Comedy Festival. So if you want to see me work the door for a bunch of comedians from all over the world, <laughs> who's coming? Uh, a lot of folks. Uh, the big names. Who, I think we've who got, are you like, excited about? Seeing? Um, we get well. Carol Leifer is going to be there. She's been to uh-huh. Flappers a couple times. Um, She's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Did she write for Seinfeld? Uh, we'll never know. Happen. We'll never know. Why would nobody, you ask nobody, me look <laughs> nobody look it up. Nobody look it up. Um. So yeah, it's gonna be fun, and you'll get to see me. I'll be there. Yeah. Look for the guy with the beard, the the full beard, not the goatee. That's a different guy. Okay, and you're not gonna um, you're not gonna go up at all. I might go up for for like some of the mics. I didn't submit for the festival because it costs money, and I was like, I'm gonna be there anyway. I don't know. I'm lame. She wrote from '93 to '96 on Seinfeld. So okay, I, I thought you meant she just literally was only writing for those four years, and that was it. Oh no, no, yeah. but no, no I know. I'm, I'm right. picking. Okay, so uh, you'll let us know. Make sure you tweet out when you're gonna go up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tweet. All right. Uh, what's what's your opener these uh, days? My opener. Yeah. Hey guys, I haven't done this in like six months now. What's up? No, that's not really my opener. I don't know. I have to. I have to think about it. All right. All right, guys. Well, way to leave us in suspense. Yeah. Um. And if anybody wants to see me, I'm. I'm. I'm not doing. I can't even come up with a stupid thing for for me to. Oh. You can you can see me clean up after this. All right. <laughs> Open door policy. Uh, thanks everyone, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. If that box. Time to tip that box. Time to tip that box. Time to tip that box. Tip that box. Time to tip that box. Time to tip that box. Time to tip that box. has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.